Hello, this week on Paranormally Speaking, I'm going to be talking about ghost children, creepy kid spirits, black-eyed children, and manifestations that could be potentially demonic, showing themselves as childlike entities. I have a lot to cover. I'll be talking about Bath, Michigan, and Jasper, Indiana. Two cases in particular that dealt with a large amount of children dying simultaneously in a bus accident at one and a school explosion in another. And the repercussions of that leading to people encountering children ghosts, kitty spirits, not kitty cats, but kid spirits. So buckle up, sit back, enjoy yourself. This is going to be a creepy as hell ride. That's what I like to provide. Please hold for an important word from one of my sponsors. I'm apparently uh, losing a couple of sponsors because I made them angry with my uh, political jargon, the way I view things, and they wanted me to, I guess, correct or what they felt I needed to correct and renege on something I said that they couldn't stand by it as a sponsor if I continue to spout my opinion in that matter, and I said, well, I no longer need your sponsorship. We parted ways, so you'll hear some new commercials this episode. Thank you, and I'll be right back. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Along Devil's Road in Jasper, Indiana, a bus full of children died in the 1960s along that road when the bus driver decided to commit suicide by parking the bus on some train tracks. To this day, it's been said that if you park your own car on those same tracks and put it in neutral, when you do, the children's spirits will push you off the tracks to save your life. It's kind of sweet in a spooky way. There have been hundreds and hundreds of cases reported just like what I read to you 
where people have encountered along Devil's Road in Jasper, Indiana, just this type of phenomena. They will sit, turn off the lights, and just wait for something to happen. And there have even been instances where people have reported seeing little tiny handprints on the backs of their vehicle where more than 10 children or the hands the size of children had pushed the vehicle over the train tracks as a way to avoid that person meeting the same fate that they did at the hands of their bus driver. Kind of a fun story. I love things like this. I mean, unfortunately, a large group of children died as a result of the frail temperament of one bad man But in the afterlife, they appear to be trying to help the living. The disaster in Bath, Michigan at the Bath School. The Bath School disaster, also known as the Bath School Massacre, was a series of violent attacks perpetrated by Andrew Kehoe on May 18, 1927 in Bath Township, Michigan. The attacks killed 38 school children and 6 adults and injured at least 58 people. Prior to his timed explosives detonating at the Bath Consolidated School Building, Kehoe had murdered his wife, Nellie Price Kehoe, and firebombed his farm. Arriving at the site of the school explosion, Kehoe died when he detonated explosives concealed in his truck. Kehoe, the 55-year-old school board treasurer, was angered by increased taxes and his defeat in the April 15, 1926 election for township clerk. He was thought to have, or by locals, to have planned his murderous revenge after that public defeat. Kehoe had a reputation for difficulty on the school board and in personal dealings. In addition, he was notified in June 1926 that his mortgage was going to be foreclosed upon. For much of the next year, until May 1927, Kehoe purchased explosives. He secretly hid them on his property and under the school. On May 18, 1927, Kehoe then set off almost simultaneous explosions at his farmstead and at the Bath Consolidated School. His devices destroyed the farms, buildings, and ripped through the north wing of the Bath Consolidated School building. As rescuers began working at the school, Kehoe drove up to the schoolyard and detonated dynamite and set his shrapnel-filled truck. The truck explosion killed Kehoe plus four other people and also injured bystanders. During the rescue and recovery efforts, searchers discovered an additional 500 pounds of unexploded dynamite and a pyrotol in the south wing of of the school that had been set off to go at the same time as the initial explosions in the North Wing. Kehoe had apparently intended to destroy the entire school and kill everyone in it. There have been dozens of stories circulating around Bath, Michigan, pertaining to the site where the explosions took place and the amount of people who were killed, primarily children. Uh, New properties and things established on where the school used to rest Uh, have paranormal encounters and experiences and people telling tales of the sounds of children screaming, sometimes the sounds of children giggling and playing out in the yards or out in the streets, and there's no kids there. 
Uh, it'll be late at night, normally around the anniversary of the massacre. And people will see shadows move along walls and through alleyways and down the streets and hear the sound of children running. And there's nothing there. Uh, school bus drivers uh, that have worked there for years talk about picking up phantom children on their school buses when they're driving the route past where the school used to sit. And people who are still alive to this day that were very young at the time of the massacre share stories like this all the time. And, of course, you can find it in Haunted Michigan and the Haunted Great Lakes books that are available from local authors in the Michigan area. But uh, Bath, Michigan is definitely a mysterious and tragic place to visit. Uh, I would suggest checking it out for yourself. Experience Columbus's newest and most entertaining haunted attraction, Carnage Haunted House. Carnage Haunted House and their monsters return to an all-new indoor 16,000-square-foot location at 3770 Refugee Road, home of intense terror that's guaranteed to scare. Featuring the bayou, the entity, and more, experience the thrill of two of Columbus's most immersive attractions and terrifying all-indoor haunts under one roof. For ticket prices and hours of operation, visit them on Facebook or check out Carnage. Black-eyed children, or black-eyed kids, are a contemporary legend of supposed paranormal creatures that resemble children between the ages of 6 and 16, with pale skin and black eyes, who are reportedly seen hitchhiking or panhandling, or are encountered on doorsteps of residential homes. While tabloid coverage of these creatures has claimed that the tales of the black-eyed children have existed in modern lore since the 1980s, most sources indicate that the legend originated from the 1996 posting written by Texas reporter Brian Bethel on a ghost-related mailing list relating two alleged encounters with black-eyed kids. Bethel describes encountering two such children in Albadeen, Texas in 1996 and claims that a second person had a similar unrelated encounter in Portland, Oregon. Bethel's stories have become regarded as classic examples of creepypasta and gained such popularity that he published a FAQ just to keep up with the demand for more info about the new urban legend. In 2012, Brian Bethel told his story on reality TV series Monsters and Mysteries in America. He wrote a follow-up article for the Abilene Reporter News, describing his experience and maintaining his belief that it is legitimate. In 2012, the horror film Black Eyed Kids was produced with Kickstarter funding, its director commenting that the creepy children were an urban legend that's been floating around on the internet for years now. I always thought it was fascinating. A 2013 episode of MSN's Weekly Strange that featured reports of black-eyed children is thought to have helped spread the legend on the internet. During one week in September of 2014, the British tabloid Daily Star ran three sensationalistic front-page stories about alleged sightings of black-eyed children connected to the sale of a supposedly haunted pub in Staffordshire the paper claimed a shock rise in sightings around the world. 
alleged sightings are taken seriously by ghost hunters, some of whom believe black-eyed children to be extraterrestrials, vampires, or ghosts. Science writer Sharon A. Hill was unable to find any documentation of black-eyed child encounters, concluding that the tales are passed on as friends of a friend of a friend type ghost stories. Hill considers the legend to resemble typical spooky folklore stories, such as, uh, such as the phantom black dog, where the subject is not supernatural, and there, are, there may never have been an actual or, or original encounter. Snopes lists this phenomenon as being legend. Now, it's entirely up to you what the black-eyed children or the children with these sunken-in eye holes, whatever you prefer to call them, might be. Fact, fiction, legend, lore, no matter how you slice it, it's a lot of fun to discuss. Because first and foremost, it's creepy as hell. Unparalleled Insider Access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP Plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. My niece, Lisa, passed away at 13 months old. She was two months older than my daughter. When my daughter was about three, we were looking through pictures and she pointed to my niece's picture and said, That's my friend, baby Lisa. She plays with me in the sandbox and she lives far, far away. This was sent to me from at J-E-A-M-A-R-914. The man in the hallway. This was sent to me from Melissa Gillette. My five-year-old grandson just nonchalantly asked me why the man in the hallway is watching us. For the record, I live alone. Ghostly grandma. This was sent to me from former GOP mom. My mom died five years before my kids were born, but when they were old enough to talk, they told me how she sat on their bed at night and told them stories of me as a child and her nickname for me. Everything she said was true. Premonitions. This was sent to me from Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-Y, underscore Dr. P-H. My mother tells me that when I was four, I came into the kitchen and told her that her uncle was dead and that he had said goodbye. She was upset and told me not to say such things. Moments later, the phone rang and the person calling told her that her uncle had just died. Aunt Peg. This was from Dr. Conway. When my son was about two, we were napping on the second floor of our small row home in Philadelphia. All of a sudden, he pointed at the window and said, Hi, Aunt Peg. A few minutes later, the phone rang, and we found out that my husband's Aunt Peg had just passed. I'll never forget it. No jumping on the bed. This was sent to me from 
at say underscore I underscore do. My dad passed in 1987. My daughter was born in 1993. At one and a half, she was jumping on my mom's bed. My mom and I were singing the monkey song. Then baby girl stopped, sat down on the bed. Granddaddy said, no jumping on the bed. My dad never let us jump on the bed when we were kids. Gettysburg expert. From Lorraine Leon. When my son was five, we took a trip to Gettysburg. He kept correcting the tour guide. I asked him how he knew this information. He said the man in the uniform was telling him this. My son's information was correct. In fact, it was more precise than the tour guide's information. Imaginary friend named Eddie. This was sent to me from I am Karen at K A R E N H seven four six three. My friend told me a story of the five year old whose family moved into my childhood home. He had an imaginary friend named Eddie, who was three. I have a great uncle who died in that home, who was three at the time of his death. His name was Edward. I used to watch you and Mommy. This is from Doug and Judy. My six-year-old does this often. She told my wife and I at dinner, one night I used to watch over you and Mommy when you were little. Another time she told us she met her brother, who had died five years before she was born. Laughing and smiling and waving. From Lady Diane, 2017. My terminally ill husband passed away in our bedroom. About five years later, at the age of 18 months, my grandson sat on my bed. All of a sudden, he started laughing and smiling and waving to the area where the hospital bed had been. That area was empty. Grandma says bye. This is from DKB1355. My nephew was three. I walked into the room, and he was in a conversation. I asked who he was talking to. He said, Grandma. He told me very specific details and things about Grandma. He said, Grandma says bye. I said, Grandma left? He said, Grandma said you wouldn't believe I was talking to her because you're not a kid. Farmer in a past life. My nephew at age five told us he was once a farmer with three kids who lived in a town in Wisconsin. He said he missed the kids. He never forgot it. We never forgot it, but he did. The clencher, the town he named, exists. Not a common name either. This was from at I am Kane 3. Sweet Grandfather. This is from at Medic Tromasher. I was 15 when my grandfather passed. My parents were at the hospital, and I was at home asleep. I heard my grandfather call my name, and he was in my bedroom. He put the stuffed dog he wanted for me on my bed and said, See ya, my girl. Grandpa's Cologne. This is from Sabrina Zombie. Right after my oldest was born, I walked into the nursery. He and the nursery smelled like my father's cologne. My dad died 10 months before he was born. My son has smelled like that cologne after as well on many occasions. Now he wears it.
He took a liking to it. Bump. This was sent to me from Katie Wells. My now adult son had multiple imaginary friends. One was named Bump. One day when I was in the shower, he shouted into the bathroom, Mommy, Bump watches you when you are in the shower. The Bulldog Knows. This was sent to me from Ava Roby. My one-and-a-half-year-old bulldog lays on my bed and will talk to my husband, who died. Bulldogs are talkers, lots of noises in his chair, and she'll pause like she's listening, and more talk. He died in 2018. I got her in the fall of 2019. She tosses a ball to the chair. Her other mother. This was sent to me from Sassy Kadick. My youngest went on about her other mother from age two to five. The stories she told still haunt me to this day. The last time I was there, this was sent to me from Candy DeLong. When my daughter was around three, she told me the last time I was here, I was a boy. Very calmly and dug into some French toast. 30 years later, I'm still stunned. True story. Please hold for an important word from our sponsor. Hello, kids and adults in the listening audience. I'm Neil Parks, award-winning author and paranormal expert. I'd like to wish all of you a very happy Halloween. You are listening to Big Bad Daddy Wolf's Halloween special on 96.6 The Wolf. If you'd like to learn more about me, then you need to get to Google and search at The Neil Parks or my bookstore website, which is www lulu.com slash spotlight slash neil parks thanks there's a tire shop that rests on the outskirts of west 50 western avenue in chillicothe ohio it's the western business district there's an excessive amount of paranormal activity there have been stories of people seeing phantom shawnee warriors riding horseback a ghostly girl and boy have been seen at this location by several eyewitnesses and the sounds of footsteps, voices, and doors slamming, tires falling on their own or rolling off a rack without anyone around them have been reported. A story that was shared with me made the hair of my arms stand at attention. This encounter occurred about, at this point, nine years ago. Customer arrived after business hours with the intentions to drop off his vehicle for repairs. He parked near the front of the building and waited for his ride to pick him up. He was surveying the area and noticed that a decorative item inside the shop was moving in a circular motion. He thought to himself, perhaps someone is here. I could just leave my keys with them instead of the drop box. He walked to the front door, but soon realized it was locked. There were no lights on in the shop, and he didn't see anyone moving around in the back. Puzzled, he returned to his vehicle and continued to wait for his ride. A few minutes followed after he returned to his vehicle, and the decorative item that was inside the showroom began to spin again, and the bathroom light was turning on and off repeatedly. He was growing annoyed with the situation and decided to go back and see if anyone was hiding from him. He was planning to knock on the front door until whoever was playing this prank decided to stop. Much to his surprise, there on the floor of the showroom sat a small boy. 
According to his description, the boy was dressed in what looked like garb of a modern Amish kid, a small boy with a bowl-cut hairdo. He was wearing suspenders and an old-world button-down shirt. The boy's pants were dark gray. Everything about what this man was seeing rattled his nerves to the bone. The small boy appeared to be sitting on his legs, crossed over. The boy just sat there, staring at this display as it spiraled. The lights continued to go off and on as this boy remained motionless. The customer couldn't fathom what he was seeing. Where did this boy come from? Where are his parents? Were just some of the questions running through his mind during this encounter. He proceeded to step back away from the window without what felt like a second. The lights were off and the boy disappeared. The boy then instantly reappeared face to face with this frightened man. The way this man described the look of the boy left me speechless. In his words, he said, The boy showed his face to me. He went from sitting on the floor to standing at the window in a mere nanosecond. His mouth was gaping open, and his eyes, oh my God, his eyes, there were no eyes, only black, sunken sockets. He looked miserable. Upon having the life scared out of him, the customer ran from the window, got in his vehicle, and drove straight home. It would be three years after that point before he returned to this business. He later tracked me down at my day job and relayed this story to me. Now today, as I mentioned, we're going to be discussing the phenomenon of black-eyed children or children appearing with sunken sockets for eyes, total blackness, nothing. They're physical beings, but their eyes are black or it's just an empty socket. What is this anomaly? What is this phenomenon? Is it paranormal, supernatural, demonic? All three of those things relate to one another. But are these black-eyed children from our world, an alternate dimension, a hell dimension, the future, the past? Or is it something projected from our own subconscious? I'll dive deeper into this after we return from this message. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4 slash good. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face -face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hims.com slash good. That's 4hims.com slash good for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash good. Family is big around here. We're family owned, family operated, family managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. That means using Granger. With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same day pickup and next day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, we're back. Uh, today's episode, I was talking earlier about 
strange things that children have told their parents or friends or family, things they've experienced, stories that have been shared with me from people who've also had these experiences. And we have a lot of credit to give to shows like Psychic Kids with Chip Coffee, Paranormal Kids, Unsolved Mysteries even, and in relationship to stories and tales of children who share their experiences with the paranormal and the unknown, things they've seen, they've heard, memories they've shared. And that sort of stokes my own memories. Uh, for example, from the age of about 4 to 11, every year during the week anniversary of my grandfather's death, I would see him walking the property uh, for which he and my grandmother and their offspring owned. And he looked unsettled, like he was in anguish or pain and reaching out to me. And I would tell my grandmother and she would tell me just to ignore it. He's just checking in on us. Just ignore it. He's not going to hurt you. And that sort of started my fascination with the paranormal and stories that my grandmother shared with me about her childhood and strange things that she saw and heard and her and her sister had experienced with the mountain witch or um, a ghostly encounter in the kitchen that my great aunt had when she was a teenager. Even stories my own parents have shared with me about their paranormal experiences that later in life they decided to ignore and suppress tapping into those energies, if you want to call it psychic energy, um, which they also advised me to ignore when I had experiences. But I went the exact opposite direction and embraced the signs, embraced the visions, embraced the sounds, the smells of otherworldly phenomenon. Now back to my grandfather. I would see him during the week of the anniversary of his death. And he would be reaching out to me or opening his mouth, but no sound would come out. I, I heard nothing. I, could, I just got a feeling that he was in need. He needed help. And I didn't start attending of church regularly until I was maybe nine or ten. And, you know, we had gone here and there, a bit of a spotty um, attendance record, but my parents decided to become members at a local church and that's where I ended up. And the closer I got to Christ, the more intense the visions and the ability became almost as if it was a spiritual gift. And every year during that week anniversary of my grandfather's death, after that, it became more and more clear that he was calling out and crying out for help. Now, it wouldn't be until my 20s that I was told the truth as to why and how he died. Unfortunately, he had taken his own life when I was three years old. And I was told he had just died of old age. But when the truth came out, it all made sense because it would be right before I turned 12, that I saw him again during that same time period. And it just dawned on me to pray for him. 
pray him through to the light, to the next level. It, it's just something that I, I would say was uh, God incidents instead of a coincidence. God spoke to me and said, now's your time, Neil. Help him. He's a disembodied spirit. And let's work together to get him to cross over. Because he had been in limbo, essentially. Like what the Catholic Church teaches is purgatory and calls it that. So in a sense, I like to think that I used my spiritual gift for good and helped a disembodied spirit, a lost soul. Because after that encounter and the prayer that I said, the vision stopped. I no longer saw or felt him metaphysically on the property. He had moved on. He had crossed over. And, the, you know, this doesn't work for everyone, of course. Not everyone is a Christian on this planet. I know it's a surprise. Not everyone in America is going to pray to Jesus Christ. They may pray to Muhammad. They may say prayers to Buddha or the million or more gods that the Hindus worship. But all in all, the primary factor is God the Father, God the Creator, because we've all been created by a higher power, a higher being, whether it be extraterrestrial or a celestial being. We all want to do good. Deep down inside, we all want to do good on this planet and help each other. I like to think that most of us do. So I've used that gift and ability in the past to help the lost. And like I mentioned in the beginning of this, shows like Paranormal Kids or Psychic Kids or Psychic Children, AI, it's, it's that. And movies like The Sixth Sense, Poltergeist, even The Exorcist, unfortunately, in the darker turns of the paranormal where full-on demonic possession takes place because you openly invite a dark entity or a demon to inhabit you. Movies and shows like that have really piqued the interest of so many, and, and it makes what I do, what I write about, what I talk about openly more socially acceptable. And the days of people branding you as a witch or laughing at you and saying, yeah, there's demons in your sock drawer or, oh, Neil saw a ghost. Now people sit up straight and take notice and they pay attention and they listen to these stories and they watch them avidly, religiously, and they follow them in Hollywood and they watch these movies. And then they themselves feel compelled to share their experiences. And that's what I do here. People send me texts, emails, they meet up with me at a convention or a festival or a book signing. God, I can't wait to start doing those again now that this pandemic is getting further and further behind us and I've been vaccinated. And they share these stories with me. And I use this podcast and my YouTube channel and my literary gifts and relay them to you, the listener, the reader, the viewer, whatever you prefer to call yourself. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Well, that's all for tonight. Thank you for your undivided attention, and I'll see you soon. Keep watching the skies.